Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. side of midnight i'm superstar frank morano obviously i think a lot of us are just coming out of the thanksgiving holiday i was at my mother-in-law's for thanksgiving where i've been the last i don't know four or five years with the exception of two years ago when my son was born and yet there are still some people in my family that claim that's not his birthday but that's separate discussion so when i first started going to my mother-in-law's she did something that was never the case in any Thanksgiving that I ever had growing up. What she does is she prepares with the help of others, but it's mostly her. She prepares an adequate amount of food for all of the people that are attending. Never saw that before. I came from a tradition where if you were having eight or nine people for Thanksgiving dinner, there would be food for 30. No exaggeration. And it's, I guess, why my brothers-in-law all look the way they do and why I look the way I do. But, uh, I mean, I'm serious. My mom used to, she's still this way, but um, my dad is this way too. But my mom used to get so much more food than we were ever going to eat for Thanksgiving. There'd be five of us. She would get food for 25 people. It got to be such a thing that every year I would start, I started hosting a Black Friday party, which existed only to eat my Thanksgiving leftovers. And it became, that was almost like a New Year's Eve Eve party. And it, and it just became too much to do the Black Friday party so close to New Year's Eve. But it was it was fun. A lot of people that you would never get to see on Thanksgiving, they were all available on Black Friday and they would come and have leftovers. And it was great. It was a really fun time. But I've noticed that leftovers can be a very polarizing issue. And it's funny. I got two emails regarding leftovers. From previous listeners of the week, David in the Bronx and uh, Brandon in New Jersey both sent me separate emails about leftovers. My friend Vinny will not eat leftovers. There will neither will his daughter. No leftovers ever. And 
I think, unfortunately, a lot of people are like that. And it's one of the reasons that we are seeing food waste all over the country. And the biggest cause of food waste in this country, families. American families generated more than half of all the food waste produced in this country. More than farms, more than restaurants, more than manufacturing, more than retail. Families. Food waste is a massive climate and economic problem. And there are all sorts of tools to reduce waste that could save businesses money, that could feed more people, that could serve water and even lower greenhouse gas emissions. The vast majority, and we've talked about this before, I'm not going to go down this path right now, but the vast majority of that food is discarded because of confusion over expiration dates. But let's put aside the expiration date issue. I was listening to uh, a music program on the radio and the DJ was taught, this was the day after Thanksgiving, I was going to pick up something or the two days after Thanksgiving, I was going to pick up something for Carmine's party. And he was talking about how his daughter was making mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving day. And she was peeling the potato skins from the mashed potatoes. And the daughter was going to throw away the potato skins. And the DJ said, uh, I would give him credit. I just, I don't know who I was listening to. It might have been Pat St. John. I don't remember. But the DJ said to the daughter, no, 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 no. Don't throw those potato skins away. I'll use them. So the next morning, he threw them in a frying pan with some eggs and some onions and said it was delicious. He had basically potato skins and onions and uh, maybe some peppers as well. With eggs. And it sounded delicious. And Brandon, who wrote to me on this, said he's got all these leftover recipes that he uses. He said his favorite are scrambled eggs and stuffing, as well as turkey and wild rice soup. Got me wondering what other recipes for leftovers people have. 800-848-9222. Um, Then David sends me this article from Vice, which I found fascinating. Headline, eating strangers leftovers is fine. In fact, everyone should do it. Why let boring old social convention hold you back? Now, this is more about mostly restaurants, but I think it applies You know, it's part of the broader leftover discussion. And this Vice article says, picture the scene. You're in a not particularly fancy Italian restaurant, and the people next to you get up from their table and walk out, leaving behind a few perfectly good slices of pizza. It's weird to grab the slice, right? But should it be? Hear me out. And this is uh, written by Becky Burgum. Surely, like me, you've been tempted before, even if it was just that one time you were starving and an hour into waiting for your own food. But it seems that admitting this or indeed actually doing it is akin to social suicide. It can even get you dumped. Recently, a woman asked Parenting Forum um, if she should cut loose the man she's been seeing 
after he ate leftovers over off of some stranger's plates. Let the record state he took two pieces of cold toast, some sausages, and proceeded to eat them with no plate. So they have a whole discussion about why it's okay to eat strangers' leftovers. I am curious where you come down on leftovers in general and if you have any special leftovers recipes and honestly what can be done about the leftover situation which is contributing to food waste now on the one hand you could do what my mother-in-law does you could just make an adequate amount of food for all the people that are coming otherwise you could you know we had Carmine's party on uh, Saturday, and we don't really have enough room for all the leftovers we had. And some of it was stuff that we don't even eat. So I, um, you should see how excited my wife gets when people tell her they'll take food home. Oh, you'll take some of these paninis home? Great, let me get you a Ziploc bag. She's wrapping it up for them, giving it away. Oh, you'll take some cake home? She was so excited. Oh, I forgot to put out this uh, sliced chocolate babka. Bring this to work. And I've done that. We've got chocolate babka in the uh, kitchen now. When I will take something out of her house to distribute elsewhere, whether it's work. I mean, work is easy because people at a radio station, they'll eat anything. But she gets so excited giving away food And you know what I do, too, because it's nice to know it's not going to be thrown away. So I'd love to know where you come down on leftovers. 800-848-9222. Or if you have any leftover recipes. Are you a leftovers guy, Mr. Uh, Matt Place? 100%. I love leftovers. I was thinking, do you think your mother-in-law makes just enough because she had so many kids? Probably. And that's the reason? Yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, uh, just think about... um, you know, again, they had nine children in all, all very close in age. They're right. all about 14 months apart or so. And so, yeah, I mean, you're not going to be in the habit of having, uh, I mean, you, you go broke if you right. keep always making uh, more, more than what than people need. are going to need. So probably. Yeah, now, when you're there at Thanksgiving, do you know, like, okay, this is all I can eat and there's no seconds? There's no, no, no. Do no, you feel like, no, wait a minute, I want a little more. No, no, no. But it's just there you don't you're not hungry but you definitely aren't pressured to take leftovers home right. that's that's definitely are there leftovers um i'm trying to remember i don't know that there were, you know maybe there was some leftover turkey right um but definitely the sides i didn't notice any leftovers but there's there. no overabundance where you're having 3 4 5 more meals no definitely of- not out of the the Thanksgiving. No. Like where most people not Not at all. For me, that's the best part. Me too. It's the leftovers. Me too. Yeah, I'm a leftovers guy. Um, 800-848-9222. Curious what you think. Rocco in Saratoga. Rocco, you you have some leftover methodology? Uh, I wouldn't know, Frank. My mom never had leftovers. She would only serve fresh food. Anything leftover had to go home with someone else. Never ate left, and I kid you not, I never ate a leftover until I got married and we couldn't afford anything and used to make pasta every day. So 
you know, the first year, it was a contadina, watered-down sauce, and pasta every day for a year, except when we went to mom's and she loaded us up with all the food. Hey, take this home. Take that home. I, you say, Ma, that's enough. No, I really wanted it, but I, was, I didn't want her to think we didn't have any food at home. So I said, nah, Ma, we got enough. Nah, nah, you bring the meatballs too. You bring this. Because they we did not eat leftovers. There wasn't. She made so much food. The first time my wife came over, my wife said, my ex-wife, but she said, your mother didn't have to do all this cooking because I came. I said, what do you mean? We have this every day. But she said she made a chicken. She made a roast beef. She made a baked ziti. She, I, I said, yeah. And I have six brothers and sisters and my dad. And then my mother would never sat. She said, but your mom doesn't sit. I said, I never realized that. You're right. She runs a restaurant in our kitchen, and that's her love. She doesn't care. My dad would say, hey, Connie. I feel like a steak of pizziola. Can you throw it in the sauce? No problem. My mom get a steak out of the fridge, throw it into the sauce. Okay. My brother didn't like what I was. I was the chief as far as mom would ask me every night. Hey, Rocco, what do you want to have for dinner? And I would say what I wanted to have. Not my dad. Whatever I decided, I was the oldest. That's what went. But then she'd make you whatever you wanted. If you didn't like what Rocco was going to eat, Say, All right. Oh. Well, thank you, Rocco. Again, I, I, you just eventually have to cut him off. Otherwise, he'll just keep going for four hours. Danielle in Brooklyn, I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was nice and quiet. Uh, but um, what I was going to say, I literally just heard the last bit of what you were saying about leftovers. Mm-hmm. And I just laughed to myself because I'm like, oh, my God, every time that I have leftovers and like I don't have any, like, you know, I'm tight on money and I, like, I need to eat something. You know you are a good cook when you can take a little bit of whatever you have left over in the fridge from that, like, week, from, like, you know, the last two, three, four days, and make yourself something, like, legit. Like, I made this, like, one sal- a salad one time. So give me, a, give me, a, and, like, give me your specialty. Oh, okay, so give me a, oh. what, what did you have and what did you create? What, from leftovers? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, that. that's way, like, <laughs> um... Latest was I made, I had some balsamic vinegar with uh, grilled chicken and uh, pita bread with, um, with salad. So I just made myself a, like a, a pita wrap salad like with that. And, and I thought I had some avocado left over. So yeah, I just, anything that everything I, I eat is pretty much healthy and pretty much can go together. Except if I make a meal, like, oh, okay. Yeah. I made this like rice and beans with a uh, chicken and, um, I had some corn on the cob, so like I made, I made like made a meal out of that with some uh, pita bread on the side. Like, as long as like you eat the same kind of food, you'll basically be able to make anything into a meal of your leftovers. Yeah, no, I, I like it. So you're pro leftover. Yeah, because you never know when you're hungry. Like, if you just want that little bit of snack in the middle of the night, like leftovers are key for that. Yeah, no, well, I'm I'm with you on that one, Danielle. Thank you. You know, it's funny, my um, my Aunt Madeline, you know, she and my Uncle Joe are married for uh, almost 60 years. But my Aunt Madeline uh, came from a household where um, they always had leftovers. You know, she and my dad were, you know, two, two, right? So there was always leftovers, kind of like what I was saying with Matt Blaze. My Uncle Joe, he was, I think, one of six, maybe one of seven, maybe more, but around there. So in their household, they never had leftovers. So my Aunt Madeline, when they would get married, she would cook 
to intentionally have leftovers. Now, my Uncle Joe came from the tradition of you eat whatever's there. Otherwise, it, that's it. You're done. So I, I remember her describing a situation earlier in their marriage where uh, she would make, there would, you know, two people when they got married. So rather than make two pork chops, she would make three pork chops so that there would be one left over. So my Uncle Joe would eat two pork chops, even though he normally would only eat one. He would eat two. So then my Aunt Madeline starts making four pork chops. And then my Uncle Joe would eat three pork chops. And so not only did my Uncle Joe put on a fair amount of weight, but they had to have like a a come to Jesus moment that you don't have to eat everything that we're putting out there. And now I think they're in a uh, good place, at least leftover wise. 800-848-9222. David is in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hey, David, um, you mentioned when you emailed me that you're not about eating leftovers off of strangers' plates. I I realize it's a societal, uh, uh, you know, a social faux pas. How come, though? Should it be? I I actually like the idea of eating strangers' food. See, I figured you would. You're like a George. Oh, you know me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't see many people being able to get past that taboo because if I were on a date and she reached across to the next table and started eating off of someone's plate who left, I mean, I would see that as a negative. I I think that there's just something about eating off of a stranger's plate that's just considered unsavory. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm the type of person that I won't eat off of my mother's plate. So I, I just don't understand how people could do that. I mean, you'd have to be really hungry, and I've never been that hungry. <laughs> okay. Uh, what did you end up doing for, for Thanksgiving, David? I know you said you were ordering. Did you order a, a meal that included leftovers? No, I just ordered a, a Mexican, uh, you know, a couple of burritos and some stuff like that. The only thing I missed was pumpkin pie, which I'm getting delivered today. Oh, wonderful. So at least I'll, get, at least I'll have some pumpkin pie a little bit late. Well, you know my feelings well, thank you on pie. Uh, all right, David. Yeah. Thank you. 800-848-9222. Pete, you have a leftover methodology? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a turkey leg guy, so I always have my daughter or my wife make extra legs because we had an experience. Some relatives of my sister were walking back with the They came to the house for Thanksgiving when they were in the United States, and one grabbed one leg off the turkey, and the other, the husband and wife took the other leg. And I'm looking, I'm going, oh, my God, I'm a turkey leg guy. I love them. So we make extra legs. And sometimes I'll take the leg. I like it cold. I'll drive down Highland Boulevard eating the turkey leg, and everybody's staring at me when we get to the lights, you know. But uh, last Thursday before Thanksgiving, it was a parking lot on Staten Island. I hope you didn't experience it. Took me an hour and a half to get from Concord to uh, Manor Road. What a nightmare. I had to make three trips back because we forgot a prescription. But everybody, I want to wish you a belated happy Thanksgiving to all the WABC people, and especially to you, Frank Morano. And yeah to uh, all the people who work with you. Thank you. That's nice. You appreciate that, Pete. Hey, same to you. 800-848-9222. Fred is on Long Island. Hi, Fred. Hi. I wanted to talk about leftovers. I approve of them. I take them home from the diner all the time and Thanksgiving, too. 
I, I mean, I, I am with you on this. Why do you think some people have an aversion to leftovers, Fred? Um, I don't know, but I'm happy when they do because I get them. <laughs> I brought I brought home half a cherry pie, half an apple dumpling pie, uh, stuffing turkey, and uh, it was my son's. I'm in my seventies. My son's friend through his first Thanksgiving and we all ate there and while we were doing that he took the carcass from the turkey and made turkey soup and I got a big container of that too God bless you Fred do you have any special recipes that involve uh, leftovers like Brandon had that uh, stuffing and, and eggs recipe no I don't but I do have a recipe that I bring to uh, Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner it's a cranberry jalapeno sauce. Oh, that sounds pretty interesting. Thank you, Fred. 800-848-9222. Robert's in Suffolk. Robert, where do you come down on leftovers? Hi, Frank. Okay, first definition of leftovers is food that's prepared but was not served on someone's plate. That is leftover food. In other words, extra that was not eaten. Right. And what my mother would do Beside ha us having turkey sandwiches, and we'd also have a couple of meals after Thanksgiving with all the sides and things. We would also, she would make a turkey soup, which was fantastic. And that would finish all the meat. And if this is homemade, fresh. Oh, yeah. No, I've heard that. That's a popular one. Yeah. Homemade turkey soup, man. Unreal. And that was... You boil the carcass, and whatever meat was left over went in with the fresh vegetables to make the soup and see with seasoning. I like it, Robert. Thank you. 800-848-9222. You know, it's funny. I, my ex uh, did not like leftovers, and, I mean, she would eat them. She was not like my friend Vinny that would uh, just askew them. And so what she would say when I would say, oh, come on, this is great. We can have leftovers. And uh, she would say to me, uh, no, 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 I don't like the leftovers. They don't even sound good. They just sound leftovers. Ugh. If someone wanted them, then they wouldn't be left over. But I completely disagree. You got, I, I, you know, I think Matt Blaze said it. In a lot of respects, I actually kind of prefer the leftovers than when the food is new. So if you can mix and match and get creative like some of these guys are talking about, I think that's great. It's, but honestly, this problem with food waste that the country is facing is very real. Our landfills are being filled up with food that could be eaten. And it's a, a real shame. We've got a food waste crisis in this country. Frank is on Staten Island. Hello, Frank. Good morning, Frankie. How are you? I am uh, just... Uh, as splendid as a surprise three-day weekend. Well, <laughs> it's great to talk to you. Uh, I'm on the way to work right now. I'm a bus driver out here on Staten Island. I got just pulling into my depot, and I'm hearing you talk about leftovers. I'm not even up out of bed 20 minutes, and I says, I got to call this guy Wonderful. right now. Growing up as an Italian-American from Brooklyn, you know, I did the National Progression, came out to Staten Island, and uh, I'm out here, you know, doing my thing, and I always said to myself, you know, my father taught us to save everything. You know, we grew up, you know, I would say middle class, regular, you know, and you didn't like it. That was it. 
you left the table. If, if he made something or my mother made something, and you you only got one shot, you know. And uh, leftovers, we always ate them the next day. It was just I actually love something. Who doesn't like like baked ziti warmed up? It's oh, great, you know. Can't beat that. It's it, yeah, it, it gets even better. So here, when you talk about it, and all these people out here, who doesn't eat leftovers? And you know, now I, I'm grown. I got kids, and my kids became like, oh, dad, we're not going to eat that again. We had it yesterday. They don't understand. My wife's like, oh, you're too hard on them. But you don't understand. You need to know what it is to have nothing and starve to say no to So your, food, kids, you know? you, your so, kids don't like leftovers? No. Interesting. They, because my wife programmed them. My wife didn't grow up like I did. Well, you know, you know what I mean? And now it's... Uh, it's it, it's just you know a different world today. These kids are all spoiled. They got their Starbucks, their computer. You know. Yeah, I I wonder if that's ubiquitous across uh, everybody. Your kids' generation. Thanks for sharing that, Frank. Appreciate it. All right, uh, we'll continue with your calls in a moment. Gnome Laden is off today, uh, so we're not going to check in with Gnome. But uh, I have a bunch of stories that I'll bring to your attention, and there's still plenty of us of time for us to chat as well. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Straight ahead. The other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. If you ever want to know what kind of music we're playing on this program, just join our Facebook group. Just go online to Facebook and search Morano, M-O-R-A-N-O, Radio Fans and Haters. That's M-O-R-A-N-O, Radio Fans and Haters. Um, I I think this is one of the few shows that has a, a Facebook group like this. Most people will limit their Facebook groups to only fans. Not me. I, uh, I, I don't mind people participating who are critical of the show as long as they're listening. We want everybody listening. And if it keeps you listening to uh, comment about what a terrible job I'm doing, great. 
jump on board. And honestly, sometimes it leads to some very funny comments. All right. We're going to get back to your calls in a moment, but uh, there are a bunch of stories around the world that I want to bring to your attention. Obviously, part of the, you know, really the big news is the continuing story of this hostage release. You had 17 hostages held in the Gaza Strip that were released yesterday. This is the third group freed during what has been a very tenuous four-day ceasefire between Israel and Hamas that was held over the weekend and up to early this morning. In exchange, Israel released 39 Palestinian prisoners. The Qatar and U.S.-mediated ceasefire began on Friday with Hamas agreeing to release at least 50 of around 240 hostages abducted during the October 7th attack in exchange for about 150 Palestinian prisoners. The majority are said to be primarily women and children on both sides. As of late yesterday, 43 hostages had been released by Hamas, while around 100 prisoners had been released by Israel. Among yesterday's group was at least one American, four-year-old Abigail Moore Eden, and reports suggest she was taken on October 7th, during which both her parents were killed. Ugh. Also released was nine-year-old Israeli-Irish citizen Emily Hand, who was previously believed to have been killed. In the If the ceasefire holds, U.S. officials say they may push for an extension. We'll see. We'll see. You know, there was an interesting article. I, I don't remember if it was in, might have been the Wall Street Journal, might have been the Times, about how distrustful everybody is of Qatar. But everybody's still dealing with Qatar because Qatar's got a lot of money. The U.S. and Western people are distrustful of Qatar because they are too cozy with Islamic fundamentalist regimes. I mean, they are an Islamic fundamentalist regime that doesn't respect human rights. The other Islamic fundamentalist regimes are untrusting of Qatar because Qatar is willing to deal with the United States and other Western countries. But Qatar's got the money to buy off everybody, so everybody still is dealing with them. That's why they've been able to be a broker here. It was an interesting article. Um, also, the world's largest iceberg is drifting from the Antarctic Circle towards the Southern Ocean. Scientists confirmed late last week the floating mass sheared from the Filchner Ron ice shelf in 1986 but became stuck on the floor of the Weddell Sea. Labeled A23A, the iceberg is roughly 1,500 square miles in size. Just to give you some perspective, that is five times. Five times the land area of New York City. Wow. And about 1,300 feet thick. That's taller than the Empire State Building. Satellite imagery suggested the block had begun moving in 2020 before becoming fully adrift in recent months. As A23A melts, its effect on sea level increase will be minimal because floating objects display their own weight in displace their own weight in water with small differences due to the level of salinity. The researchers say it may threaten wildlife if it runs aground at the 
nearby island of South Georgia. We'll see. In India, efforts to rescue 41 trapped Indian workers inside a collapsed tunnel in northern, um, in this northern, I'm not going to insult the people of this Indian state by tr- trying to pronounce it. This, um, it's entering, they're entering their third week today as rescuers mount three separate digging approaches to the enclosed laborers. All of the 41 men are reportedly in good health and receiving regular hot meals, water, and medicine via a small pipe. The collapse first occurred on November 12th amidst construction of the three-mile Silkiara Tunnel, one part of the government's highway project connecting four Hindu pilgrimage sites. Rescuers bored horizontally through a section of nearly 200 feet of fallen rock coming within 30 feet of the cavern before the drill hit metal girders and malfunctioned late last week. A superheated plasma cutter was airlifted to the region Sunday by the military to clear the broken machine and slower manual drilling was expected to resume. Two other teams are simultaneously digging from above and from the far side of the tunnel. Officials believe a breakthrough to the trapped men could occur within days. So, wishing everybody the best of luck. You know, India may be changing its name. Are you aware of that? They may be changing their name to Bharat. So, by convention, um, the Indian, Indian constitutional bodies have always mentioned the name India when the text is in English and the name Bharat when the text is in Hindi. But the invites to the G20 dinner back in September called Murmu the president of Bharat, President Drupati Murmu of India. They called him the president of Bharat. So people are speculating that they may move forward with an official name change. So we'll see where that goes. All right. Uh, whatever you're doing today, I hope it is fulfilling, productive, and rewarding at the very least. Maybe restful. I'm looking forward to the, you know, the day. We're going to, um, we were supposed to go to a Christmas tree lighting in our neighborhood yesterday, but it got postponed due to weather. So that's going to happen, uh, this evening, I believe, if all goes according to plan. You know what I've been dealing with? You know, we had three cats and unfortunately two of them died recently. And they, uh, my wife, um, received our cat Bathsheba's remains, uh, the ashes. Yeah, just, over the weekend, they cremated Bathsheba on what would have been her birthday. So you can imagine the emotional toll that uh, that took on my wife. She was clearly very disappointed. I mean, disappointed is not the word. She was very broken up over uh, over that whole situation. But so we now have one cat left, our cat Prissy. Prissy will not let anyone other than Rachel near her. Only Rachel can pet her. Only Rachel can be in the same room with her. She's afraid of everybody else. Terrified of Carmine. Terrified of me. Now, keep in mind, I've lived with her for years. Terrified of me. So what she does is she hangs out in our bedroom. So when I come in to take a nap or something or to go to sleep, she'll be in there. But she'll when I walk into the room, she runs under the bed. Now. Then I'll say, Prissy, go ahead, leave, leave. 
leave. But she's afraid to come out of the bed while I'm in there. So, all right, fine. I'll close the door because obviously regular people are going about their business during the day and I don't want to hear them. I'll close the door and then Murphy's Law, Prissy will be scratching at the door to be let out. And then I'll get up. Oh, oh, scary Frank. And uh, she will run back onto the bed. So, and it just continues. So I'm kind of struggling either way because on the one hand, if I leave the door open, I hear all the people that are making noise in the house. On the other hand, if I close the door, then Prissy will scratch at the door to be let out. So every once in a while, she still does leave, but it's uh, it's quite a challenge, I must say. I mean, first world problems. One cat problems, I suppose. All right, 800-848-9222. I know a lot of you have been on hold. I'm going to get to everybody here. Uh, Charlie is in Hell's Kitchen. What's on your mind, Charlie? Thank you, Frank. And by the way, I do like leftovers. I eat leftovers, too, so I, I agree with you on that. But that's not the reason why I call. I call because in a previous hour, you had two winners, two real uh, turds in the punch bowl calls that called right after each other. Frank and Alex, not not the Frank from Staten Island, just called about leftovers. But the, the other guy, he was uh, running Trump into the ground, criticizing Trump. And he mentioned the false allegation of the woman who wrongly falsely accused him of rape. That's been disproven that she's a liar. She talked about being raped in the dressing room of Bergdorf Goodman, a real you know, fancy high-end store. That She's been proven to be a nut job. So that, that's wrong. And he's telling people to watch out, be careful. Well, I mean, I, again, I, I didn't view that allegation that credibly, but she, I, she did win that lawsuit, though. Well, no, but if she won the lawsuit, but he wasn't convicted of rape right. or okay. sexual. Gotcha. Understood. And okay, and the, and the second thing, the caller who was much more serious, Alex, who called up afterwards, and, and you had read at the top of the hour the news about that. He's making the moral equivalency argument. He's falsely and wrongly accused uh, the Israeli Defense Forces of using collective punishment against uh, the Palestinians. Well, no, the poor Palestinian people, and well, many of whom support Hamas and voted for Hamas, so they're not all that innocent. They support Hamas, what Hamas is doing. But even the Palestinian civilians, the women and children who aren't involved in the necessary the daily acts of terrorism, they're being used as human shields by the Hamas. I mean, the Hamas people. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So when uh, children are killed, and unfortunately, it's it's terrible when it happens in war, but in every war that happens, it's called collateral damage. He knows that we had a lot of collateral damage in Vietnam. I mean, it happens in all wars. And to blame the Israelis and to hold them out for it as if they're intentionally or viciously or maliciously. Well, I don't think, again, I I don't want to, you know, uh, represent that guy's views, but I don't think he was blaming the Israelis. I think he was blaming the um, the Palestinians because Hamas is uh, is credible with them. I mean, it started about a a a discussion over the um, the Taliban in Afghanistan, but I don't think he was blaming the Israelis. But but again, I I think it I'm not going to repeat everything that I said last hour. I don't think it's right to blame the population, the civilian population for the actions of a government, as in the case of the United States or Afghanistan. 
uh, or in the case of uh, Gaza with Hamas. But that's just me. 800-848-9222. Jeff is in Jersey City. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Frank. Uh, and you know what, too? Friendly fire is a big deal in war, no matter where you're any war. But you know what? And relative to that, Frank, one, one of your topics that you talk about, and because you're an entertainer, and that's what you do, and that's why why we listen to you. Thank you. You entertain us, you make us feel better. And uh, that's a, that's really a talent that, that, that you have. And well, you that's know nice of you. Thank you. Than anyone. I, I like the thing you did on Lincoln's um, son with the coincidence and all that. Um, but, um, and, oh, and there's another thing. Let me, and I know you're, you're tight on time. If I could just get to this quickly. Well, Rosalind Carter, I guess, rest in peace, right? Uh, today she'll be buried. Is that right? Who is that? Rosalind Carter. Oh, Rosalind Carter. Yes. Uh, I'm glad you uh, mentioned right? that. Yes. And, um, also, um, and you know what, too, Frank, uh, um, I, I don't like when people talk about, uh, Margaret Trump guy. I'm a, I'm a, a Trump supporter, but I'm, I'm not evil. I'm a, I'm just like you. I'm, um, I love my country. I love my neighbors and my family and my friends and you, and you know what? So a quick, uh, I'll leave you with this though on, on the presidents. And, and as I said, what you know, um, Pre- uh, Rosalind Carter, she died and they're praising her and president Nixon. Oh, you know what, too? You did the JFK assassination, and people were complaining. You talk too much. You, you don't talk too much about it because, again, you're entertaining us. You make it interesting, and it's still, you know, it's still not answered. And maybe it's the friendly fire. It could be. Um, but the thing I, I want to ask you, and I promise it's the last thing, about President Nixon and his wife, um, because, and again, relative to Rosalind Carter, I think President Nixon's. Um, Rating is 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 going up possibly, especially when you consider the Israeli situation. But his wife, Frank, little people don't even know anything about her. Pat Nixon, and you know, you know something about everything. So, um, and I followed her career, man. She did amazing things. Um, she traveled all over the place. You knew her and Nixon. They were they were almost killed in in Venezuela, mm-hmm. right? In the in the, lim- in the limousine. That's right. That's right. You know, and, and um, so she she was and she was humble, man. You know, she and and, and the, the, the very last thing I lived on 65th Street. President Nixon was living there with his wife. And I went to the priest and I said, do you ever see? Um, I knew President Nixon wasn't Catholic. I said, do you ever do you ever see President Nixon? Maybe he just stops and just, to, you know, say a prayer, light a candle. And she, he said, no, but I see his wife. She comes to mass and she wasn't a Catholic, you know, but, um, and you know what church was St. Vincent Ferrer on Lexington and 65th street. Um, but he said, the wife comes in and says a prayer and he said very nice things about them. Um, but, um, anyway, uh, yeah, you, you, you're doing a hell of a job, Frank. And, uh, I'm going to miss you. I'm going away and, um, I'm going far, far away. Maybe I'll try to, do, Are you going uh, to prison. Uh, well, I, I hope I don't end up there. But uh, <laughs> well, but why why can't you just still listen via the uh, website or something? You, you, yeah, you mean to to connect with you guys? You mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could just listen wherever you are, anywhere in the world, on the app or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try to. And these guys make phone calls from uh, from overseas, uh, right? Uh, I guess I'll have to discover. Um, how that'll go. Um, 
But um, anyway, um, keep up the good work, man. Uh, you, you really, uh, you're a gem. You're something special. And um, like I said, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll miss you. But uh, you're a champ and you're in the kind of work. That uh, well, th- thank you, uh, Jeff. Appreciate that. Uh, R- Roy is in New Jersey. Hi, Roy. I thought I was ever going to have you stop talking. I was calling about the uh, leftovers. Uh, We've been bringing them home over 40-something years now. My kids like it, and my wife likes it. If somebody comes over, uh, we send them home with leftovers. There's always something good, right? Absolutely, Roy. And now, one other thing I, I discovered. May 29th, 1984, you were born. You're 39 years old. I hope all the listeners know, because you don't like telling your age, but I'll tell your age. You're 39 years old, Jack Benny. <laughs> hey, I do like Jack Benny. Uh, that is for sure. Joe is on Long Island. Hi, Joe. How you doing, Frank? Love the show, buddy. Thank you. I just wanted, you know, it's, it, I just love the hypocrisy of conflicts. You know, on one side, you got... Uh, you know, the Jews or the Hebrew practicing people that never went to temple, that never did nothing. Now they're just gun ho, you know, and wipe out Gaza. It doesn't matter about the civilians, nothing, just destroy it. That's them. And then you got the other side on social media with the whole LGBTQ community that say they want to be Israel. They want to be Muslims now. But what they don't realize is, is the protest and the people that are talking this they practice they want sharia now if they want to go participate in sharia we all know the answers to what's going to happen to them so it's just so funny these people they just go with the the next best topic or the next best thing and never think things through and it's just ridiculous man well, a couple of things, Joe. One, I think, um, you know, it sounds, you know, the secular Jews who might be in support of Israel, there's a lot of reasons to um, want Israel to exist beyond just uh, being Jewish. And uh, again, I, I, we're, I'm up against a, a break here, but there's a case that um, Israel is the only real democracy in the Middle East. So there's kind of a moral obligation there. It's also a a potent ally in terms of many different aspects of national security of the United States. Now, you can agree with that. You can disagree with it. But there's not just a religious dimension to the um, Israeli conflict. There's uh, a political dimension. There's a a legal dimension. I Your point on the – and, by the way, your characterization of how – what you said, or I forget the term you used, but uh, Jews or the Hebrews, whatever you said, that is not how most people feel about Gaza, even in Israel. In Israel, you don't have, you know, 100 percent of the people that want to bomb Gaza into oblivion or, a, a lim- you know, turn into a parking lot. You don't. You don't. I mean, there are people that recognize that there are still 2.2 million people there. So I feel like you mischaracterize the both the motives and the statements on the Jewish side. I think you do make a good point that a lot of these people that are saying, uh, you know, pride for Palestinians and they're promoting LGBTQ causes, they'd be stoned. In a, uh, in a in an Islamic fundamentalist country, Lee Fong made a similar point when he was on with me right after the conflict. I think that's true. But I think you've oversimplified a very complicated issue. Uh, 15 seconds of fame straight ahead. The other side of midnight. 
other side at midnight with Frank Morano. references aliens in this song uh, there actually might be some legislative movement on uh, UAP disclosure in Washington today apparently you know Schumer got some legislation passed through the Senate I think unanimously and now there's been some pushback from some of the Republicans in the House over what Schumer tried to do and I expect uh, that there's going to be some news on that today so I'll update on you on the, I'll update you on that tomorrow meantime, other side of midnight. This is 15 seconds of fame. Victor. Uh, when AOC was asked if she set her clocks back one hour for daylight savings time, she replied, hell no. I set them ahead 11 hours because I'm a progressive. <laughs> Jay. Hey, Frank. They got the bounce room over at the mental hospital. It's called the rubber room for big boys. Don't go there. Mike. Morning, Frank. Uh, glad you got through the weekend unscathed and sounding well-rested. A suggestion for Carmine, get him some Hot Wheels tracks. They're simple, no batteries, just gravity, and you'll have hours of fun. Nothing like those orange tracks. E. Frank. Yes, hi, superstar Francesco Morano. I want to ask you something. Do you think that um, Pope Francis I, Mario Borgoglio, former provincial leader of Buenos Aires, did a good thing by telling the Diocese of Brooklyn to suspect? Rick. Good morning. How are you, Frank? Good morning. I just wanted to say to all the people out there, Frank Morano, 59 years old, no secrets kept anymore. Thank you. Jim. Pizza toppings and eggs or in a soup in a crock pot. Pizza toppings are leftover great food. All right. Thank you, Jim. All right. For anybody we didn't get to, we'll try and get to you first tomorrow. Frank Morano, good day. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.